This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Happy 4th of July weekend and happy birthday, America. He is known as Uncle Sam. Some call him Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. And I am Adam Ritz, so happy 4th of July weekend. I'm glad to be Uncle Sam. I mean, this is my holiday. But uh, <laughs> you, you let your beard grow out. All you need is uh, you know, an Apollo Creed top hat, and uh, you'd look exactly like uh, Uncle Sam. So it's the uh, 4th of July extravaganza. Uh, every year, it's a sort of a tr- tradition here with the Public Affairs Show. We go over um, safety tips with fireworks and fire hazard safety, and uh, we just don't want anybody to get hurt as you enjoy the weekend, whatever night you set off your fireworks. In fact, Jay, I've noticed in my neighborhood, a good 10 days after the 4th of July, you can still hear fireworks every single night up until the middle of the month. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a phenomena. You and I live here in the Midwest, and uh, we uh, take our fireworks pretty seriously. So we're going to talk about some fireworks safety, but yes, you will definitely hear fireworks. And uh, in fact, we're even going to talk a little bit about what some communities are using as a guideline. And it's maybe good to keep that in mind because you're right. You're blowing off fireworks. You're having a great time. The last thing you want is Mr. Police Officer to come over to your house yeah. and find out why you're being a bonehead. Yeah. I mean, there's legalities involved. Uh, it's not just safety and fire hazards. I mean, if you, you could be breaking the law. So uh, we do have a lot of information from the Consumer Product Safety Commission. I have some uh, tips, safety tips to share later. Uh, Jay, you have some uh, statistics right off the bat from the Consumer Product Safety Commission, don't you? Yeah, you know, sadly, this is a time when people do get hurt. We've always talked about summer uh, in general as a time when more people report to the emergency room. The need for blood is much higher. So if you're inclined to give blood, this is a good time of year to do that because people are in need. But 74% of the injuries that occur in the summer happen right around the July 4th holiday, and many of them are related to fireworks. And that's a pretty amazing statistic, in my opinion. I I couldn't agree more. That is a large number. I mean, summer's a long time. It's uh, a fourth of the year. It's 90 days long. And you're telling me that 74% of the accidents that happen during the summer happen on the 4th of July weekend. Amazing. They tend to happen right, yeah, in mid-July. So, Not all of it's directly related to 4th of July, but it is a time period uh, that is especially busy. So, yeah, if you have a doctor friend or a nurse friend, they usually are very busy over the 4th of July. And um, a number of uh, injuries are related to two main types of fireworks. Those are firecrackers because of the explosion effect. But ironically, sparklers... Uh, present a, a number of injuries as well uh, because of thermal burns. Sparklers can get up to 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so, <laughs> seems safe, seems like fun. 
You know, I'm just laughing because at any family cookout, it, though the sparkler is the seemingly most innocuous thing that you light wow. and hand to a three-year-old. Absolutely. So you're handing and- a 1,200 degree um, <laughs> weapon to your toddler when you light their their sparkler. That's amazing. I mean, I I'm guilty of it. My when my kids were oh. little, the first thing they learned to walk. The next thing they did, they they learned how to write their name. Or, or draw a, a circle in the sky with a with a lit sparkler. I, I guess I never really stopped and thought. It's twelve hundred degrees. I think they're inherently safe when used properly. But yes, the misuse and or uh, you know uh, the sort of unattended use because you know kids, like you said, first of all, ooh, I can draw a letter in the sky. Oh, I can poke my friend. I mean, you so you have to, you do have to establish some limits on those yeah, sparklers. We can, you know, reenact the lightsaber scene from Star Wars <laughs> with real uh, light effects. Uh, Twelve hundred degrees. That is uh, anybody that's just heard you say that is going. That's going to change how they view sparklers uh, this coming Fourth of July. I am going they to bring that up. They are potentially dangerous. At, yeah. At the next and, uh, cookout I'm at, where somebody's getting ready to hand a, a, a two-year-old that can barely walk something that's 1,200 degrees, I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> well, and then you remember vividly as we all grew up. You know, obviously fireworks have become a little more sophisticated, and a number of municipalities have allowed you to have the more daring form of fireworks because. Uh, you and I grew up famously in a state that was highly restrictive, but that state always allowed sparklers. So it's always like you had to become the sparkler king when you and I were younger. Oh, for sure. The, the sparkler <laughs> and uh, the other lamest firework ever was the thing called snakes. Do you remember the snakes? Oh, I am so glad you brought that up because, yes, we were sold that bill of goods that, hey, look, this is super cool. Why don't you describe snakes? Because not everybody may may have experienced the fun and joy that is the firework snake. You're right. If you grew up in uh, Alabama or or Tennessee and had you know the wing dingers and the you know the the bottleworks and Roman candles, you wouldn't even have wasted your time on snakes. But uh, where the fireworks were restricted, and you were able to get uh, the the poppers. Remember those little paper things you'd throw on the ground and pop. Uh, Those were popular, the poppers, uh, snakes, and sparklers. So snakes were these little tiny black discs, like think like a miniature uh, hockey puck, like the size of a dime. Uh, Think of a of a dime that's that's like that looks like a hockey puck, little black disc. You would light it, and then it would extend up and turn into. Not necessarily a snake, but that's what it, they call it. It would snake up and take shape and form of a long tubular. Um, it, it didn't even light up. I mean, I don't know why they considered no. it a firework, but you just do it on the sidewalk. <laughs> it lasted seven seconds. It wasn't that exciting. That's what we grew up with. There's your firework <laughs> safety announcement from the Adam Rich Show. Avoid the fireworks and just go get a box full of snakes. You will be very safe, but very, very bored. You'll be bored. Can you imagine the guy that came up with that? Because, you know, there's certain areas of our country where fireworks are insanely popular. And as you said, in the deep south, 
Oh man, and, and sadly, there's been uh, you know stories of fireworks factories where they've had industrial accidents. But uh, the guy that actually came up with snakes went to his boss and said, "Hey, I think kids will love this." <laughs> I think some some legislators in the Midwest went, "Heck yeah, we love snakes. Those are the dumbest things ever. It'll take the kid's mind off the fact that this isn't a decent firework." I, you know, I have, now that I think about it, and we're talking about it. I haven't seen one of these snakes in I don't know twenty five years. Do, are they available? Uh, I'm going to look. You know, I, I'm going to make it my mission this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to find and light a snake and see if it's just as exciting as it was back in 1982. Well, I think you not only need to find them and and light some off, but I think you need to video and post on social media. I I certainly will. I will post it. And if anybody <laughs> knows what we're speaking of and knows they're still available, go ahead and reach out, uh, tweet me, at Adam Ritz, and let me know uh, that they are still available, still for sale, and still so much fun. They are so much fun. <laughs> oh, But, you know, we, we do have to take this, uh, this holiday seriously. And sadly, there's been a 25% increase in fireworks injuries between 2006 and 2021. Uh, back in 2018, there were six deaths associated with fireworks, and that's that's serious. But the numbers climbed up to and including in the year 2020, that was during the pandemic lockdown, there were 26 deaths associated with fireworks. You know, we can blame uh, social media uh, at some, you know, to some respect, because a lot of people want to capture the amazing light show on their on on their camera on their phone and then post it and everybody's trying to one up each other and i would imagine some people also are doing it to get likes or to go viral and they're doing some dangerous activities with the fireworks lighting them like a like a bottle rocket aiming a bottle rocket at a person instead of up into the sky trying to catch it on video so it goes viral on social media uh, I don't know. You know, maybe, Jay, everything bad or negative on planet Earth, we can blame on social media. Um, well, well, as you said, interestingly enough, it does sort of uh, incite that internal mechanism that some people have uh, that says, you know, if there was a guy in your neighborhood who would jump off the roof of his garage, there was always a guy that would say, well, I'm going to take a ladder up to the roof of my garage and jump off that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was for some odd reason. It does uh, do the, can you beat this? And uh, as you said, uh, could result in a serious injury or death. And that's what we're seeking to avoid with the show. Like, like you and I know, hey, 4th of July can potentially be the most fun holiday ever. And it's everything from, you know, uh, seeing kids with sparklers and eating great food and, you know, traveling because we have some time off. It can be an extraordinary holiday, but it's also potentially the most dangerous holiday of all. Especially if you're not thinking in those terms. That's when tragedy can strike, when you're not prepared uh, for safety. So I totally agree with you, Jay. Thanks for uh, pointing that out. Of interest, people are going to be traveling this 4th of July. And, you know, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show. Uh, the airlines have uh, met with a lot of 
of uh, travel problems, mostly related to pilot shortages, uh, equipment shortages, and the fact that air travel in the past six months has exponentially, you know, flown off the roof of uh, the sheer number of people that are flying now. Most flights are full and the system is somewhat overloaded and not too long ago, some summer storms wreaked havoc with the East Coast, and half of LaGuardia, New York's flights were canceled that day, and that was a travel snafu that ended up lasting about six days uh. because of the trickle-down effect of everyone's flights being canceled or delayed. Uh, and then, of course, you know what happens then. You rebook a flight. You're, re- you're rebooking in a system where quite frankly, it's full. And you know, because you fly a lot, uh, it doesn't take long to sort of gum things up and uh, be aware that uh, there is going to be a lot of air travel. But because there's been so much trouble in air travel, there's going to be more people on the road. So despite higher gas prices, they estimate that some 50 million Americans will be traveling at least 100 miles or more during the 4th of July holiday. Absolutely. And, you know, gas prices and the headaches at the airlines really tend to not affect the overall numbers of people that travel. People still like to get out with their family and have a good time and take advantage of the four-day weekend. Uh, some can some call it a five-day weekend and started blowing off work on, <laughs> on Thursday. So uh, I don't know if well, you have any big plans, Jay. I, I'm going to stick around and I've got a, some cookouts to go to and I, I will save some gas money. Um you know, you you talking about the airlines just jumped out of my in my mind. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got with flying was to book your flight early in the day. Uh, for example, the first flight out. So if you're going to fly from A to B, you want to take that departure flight uh, from A at 6 a.m., 5:30 a.m., whatever the first flight out is, because the delays happen through the day as problems mount. So if Flight. Uh, if if that six a.m. flight is is an hour late, then that's going to cause every flight at every other airport that it is a part of to be at least an hour late. And if those are an right. hour late, that's when the six p.m. flight you're taking could be three, four, or five hours late, if not canceled because of all the delays through the day. Uh, the problem with that advice, Jay, is that you have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and that ain't yes. me. If you know me, Jay, you know me. I, I do know you. Uh, I take my chances with with the delays. I'll take a six p.m. flight uh, anytime over a six a.m. flight because I am not getting up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and people who know you, I agree. You contacted me this morning via text at eight thirty in the morning, and I almost texted back, "Who has Adam's phone?" I actually thought about that when I texted you. I thought, I, I wonder if he's if he's awake and he's gonna or be if he's gonna be shocked that I'm awake. <laughs> well, you know they always say you know be aware of fraudulent activity. If you receive a text before 10 a.m. from Adam Ritz, it's fraudulent. It it's is so a scam. Funny. I've been hacked. Do scam. not do not answer. Do not click the link. I've been hacked. Well, and you're so right about flights, and I've always said that flights have that syndrome that we had when we used to try to schedule our collegiate courses. If you were, uh, you know, man about town at your local university, you didn't want to sign up for all 8 a.m. classes, so you'd try and get the 11.30, 1 p.m. class. 
Well, as you said, with uh, airline travel, people tend to look at those nice long lists of the eight flights that leave from your city that go to Orlando, and you think, "Hey, about one in the afternoon, I I'll be awake by then." You know, right? Uh, you want you actually want to go the opposite direction because everybody and their brother is thinking the same thing you are, and. Uh, I'm not Mr. Delicate Flyer, but to me, there's a very big difference between flying in a aircraft that's about two-thirds full of passengers than one that is every square inch full of passengers. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. You just get to the point where you can't even walk up the aisle. So, uh yeah, good tip and something to be thinking of. And with uh, extra travel um when you are traveling in your car, yes, you will definitely have to brace yourself for higher gas prices. The good news is the gas prices have eased just a little bit, probably by about, oh, I think four or five percent. So not significant, but uh, at least it won't be crazy when you go out to buy gas. But be aware of that and also be aware that when a lot of people are traveling, uh somewhat it sounds counterintuitive because in the winter time you want to have a full gas tank to avoid uh you know problems with your engine and in the cold and if you ever got stuck but ironically if you ever get to a spot where they don't have fuel or limited fuel because of the high demand you'll want to keep your gas tank mostly full uh, which will mean that you'll have a mostly empty wallet, but we can't help that. Well, I've got some advice for you, Jay, on on when the best time to get gas is. The best time to fill your tank is when I'm not getting my tank full. Yeah. I, I have noticed the last five <laughs> times I've gotten gas. So through the week, I drive by the same gas station on the way to the radio station. Gas is $4.92, $4.99, $4.97. I'm empty. I pull in. It's five twenty-five. That I fill up my tank. It's a hundred bucks. I leave the next day when I drive to work. It's back down to four ninety-six, and it's four ninety something the whole week. And it's not one of these Thursday things where they rise. You know, they raise the price just on Thursday. Uh, I think I filled up this week on on Tuesday, uh, and it was five twenty-one. And the day before it was four ninety-nine, and the day after it was you know four ninety-six. What is going? Is it just me? Is it just me? If you see me filling up my tank, do not get gas that day. Just wait one or two days. It'll drop back down into the 490s. You're you're like your very own gas buddy app. Yeah, just don't do what Adam does, and you'll save at least 25 <laughs> cents a save. gallon. Oh, man. Well, and I've noticed, too, the app use has sort of flown out the window because, hey, kids, you might save 12 cents a gallon, but you might as well just get gas where you're at because you're going to use up enough gas driving over to the 12 cents a gallon savings location. So Mm -hmm. I don't mean to make fun of the gas prices, but it's something that we're all dealing with. One of the things that's kind of interesting this time of year is this is the time when a lot of pets get very heavily stressed and there's always a high incident of dogs running away because they get uh, tremendously, uh, uh, what's, oh, I'm sorry, the word just flew out of my head, but they, they, they get they, highly stressed oh, I, I thought you were going to say they fireworks. Oh, because of the fireworks. I thought you were going to say they get disoriented from the heat just during the summer yeah. and they run away. You're saying, yeah, the fireworks 
really disorients them and uh, scares them. I mean, it's traumatic yeah, it for a dog. So everyone's we got do. memories of uh, of a little Paris Hilton sized dog, you know, shaking. Um, Oh yeah, with, with the fireworks going off. So that sometimes that's more fun than the fireworks to watch the little dog shake. <laughs> Poor um, little dog. <laughs> Listen to it's, you. It's certainly more you're fun. Get, more fun than the snake. Jay. It's certainly more fun than the snake. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we do have some tips uh, that can help you with the dog thing. And uh, I've owned a variety of dogs over the years, and they go from hey, I I go to bed not even thinking about a single thing about fireworks the dogs that actually have their own calendar book and start shaking in mid-june but uh you should uh if you can make time for a pre-fireworks workout go for a long walk or hike with your pet it will help wear out your dog before the fireworks begin that's a great and idea. a tire yeah and a tired dog will be less likely to react to fireworks don't give the dog sugar uh, right before the no. fireworks show. That's another one. <laughs> Don't give them sugar. <laughs> uh, schedule dinner and bathroom trips before the sun sets. Give your dog enough time to finish dinner, digest, and do what he has to do before the fireworks to alleviate stressful trips outside. Because, yeah, you don't want to release them, you know, like that right at sunset thing. And, man, it's full bore going there, you know. Mm-hmm. Once the fireworks start, you can keep your dog occupied with their favorite chew toy. This gives them something else to focus on. And you can take steps to muffle the noise as much as possible. Plug in a white noise machine or some other calming music loud enough so that the fireworks are camouflaged. That's a great idea. The white noise machine. Great idea. Or even just put on a, put them in a room with, with a TV and turn the TV on yeah. loud. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, it, they've been proven that dogs do sort of pay attention to TV. And they always ask me, they said, well, what channel should I put on for my dog? And I always go, well, nothing that's going to cost you money because dogs with pay-per-view, I mean, they'll go to the most expensive movie just to make you mad. You don't need to pre-order <laughs> Elvis or Top Gun Maverick. Uh, no. Save your money and just put it on uh, on broadcast television. I always uh, laugh on the pay-per-view movies. There's one for twenty nine ninety six, and you've got to see it. But if you could only wait six weeks, it goes down to you know eight ninety nine. But you know your dog will go to the most expensive one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Well, Jay, we've got uh, let's see, we've got about uh, six and a half minutes left here. Let's run through some of these uh, tips, safety tips from the Consumer yes. Product Safety Commission when using fireworks. Never allow young children to play with or ignite the fireworks, uh, including the sparklers, as we talked about earlier. 1,200 degrees. It's amazing. Um, So always have parental uh, supervision when your children want to be involved with the lighting of the fireworks. Keep a bucket of water or a garden hose handy in case of uh, of a little fiery mishap. How many times have you seen um, the rocket-type firework you light it the fuse is going and then it accidentally falls over and and yes. now it's aimed towards the house i mean you're going to want the hose or a bucket of water handy <laughs> and with dry yards they uh they have a tendency to ignite yeah so be we've, careful we've really needed some rain where we are and uh, my my lawn is certainly brown and a little a uh, little dusty um, light fireworks one at a time then move quickly away from the fireworks device 
Yes. Never try to relight or handle malfunctioning fireworks. So that's happened to me a thousand times. You light one, nothing <laughs> happens, and now you're like in a quandary. You're you're like, oh my god, do I should I walk up and, and touch it? When is it safe to touch it? Uh, is it going to go off as soon as I reach for it? Uh, and then when you're talking about malfunctioning fireworks, have that uh, bucket of water uh, handy to soak that sucker in because. You know, if it's if it is truly delayed, I mean, sometimes you can take a firework you think is malfunctioned, it, and you think it won't light or ignite. You throw it in your your trash bin, and you know, forty minutes later, it, it goes off uh, and lights yes. up the, the entire trash bin. Your entire garbage is on fire now. So soak those malfunctioning fireworks in water, submerge them in water to throw them away. Never place any yeah, part of your body directly over a fireworks device uh, when lighting the fuse. Move to a safe distance immediately after lighting the fuse. Never point or throw fireworks, inclu- including sparklers, at anyone. That sort of brings us back to what we were talking about with social media. Th- th- those are a lot of the the viral knuckleheads that want to get likes. They light a bottle rocket, they point it at somebody, and they're having Roman candle fights. And that yeah. uh, that is not advised by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Um, yeah, the Consumer Product Safety Commission will openly admit that they don't have as much fun as everybody else, but they do want you to survive the 4th of July. What's the, what's the old uh, standard <laughs> joke with... Um, with the Fourth of July, what's what's the famous last word of a of a redneck on the Fourth of July? Hey, everybody, watch this. Yeah. So if you're at a party, last words. If you're at a party this weekend uh, or on the Fourth, and somebody yells, "Hey, everybody, watch this!" Run for cover. Get that bucket of water. Get it ready. Absolutely. And uh, I and then one of the most important tips I've always heard, and you know, you and I have stressed this on several occasions. Never use fireworks while impaired by alcohol or drugs because you truly will have a, a lack of judgment. That I would say of the of the majority of the accidents that happen uh, on the fourth with fireworks, uh, well over fifty percent are caused by impairment from drugs or alcohol. There's a lot of decisions that are that are made when you're you know when you're. I guess buzzing in your your head. Your well, that seems like such a good idea to to yeah. light these two, to tie the fuses on these two different fireworks and see what happens. It's not, you know it's something no one would do that if they were drinking diet coke. But after a few beers or cocktails or otherwise, that's when things can go south fast. And that's actually yeah. one of the uh, the biggest points from that uh, safety commission is uh, never use firework. In fact, they're not saying just. You know, be careful when you're drinking. They're saying never, never use fireworks when you're impaired by alcohol or drugs. Yeah, that's a that's a number one thing. Hey, here's an interesting tip. Tell me if you like this one. Um, you probably know uh, when you do Google search, and let's face it, my life would not be possible without Google search because isn't that the fountain of all knowledge of in- and information? I don't exactly but, uh, know how we survived before <laughs> Google or, or Maps. I don't know how I used to drive to Chicago to see my friends and we actually met without – uh, directions on a on a smartphone telling me how to get there. I have no idea how that happened, but please go ahead. Remember, remember when you had to actually know the Chicago uh, throughways 
you couldn't just uh, look it up. I mean, you'd have to know. And you had all the directions uh, printed out on eight eight pieces of paper from MapQuest and yes. handwritten notes on those pages. Turn turn right at the at the broken telephone pole. <laughs> I don't know how we survived. Please continue, I don't know how Jay. We did either. No, but I was going to tell you if you type in Fourth of July, and of course, you know you have all these great tabs. You can either look at videos, shopping, images, all that. If you type in Fourth of July and hit news. It will bring up some stories for you regionally that will tell you about some of the 4th of July activities because we think in terms of fireworks, but there's a lot of 4th of July fun fests, there's parades, um, sometimes uh, there's a big enough fireworks display you might want to go to uh, an adjoining community near you if they have a particularly spectacular fireworks display. I know, uh, like to give you an example in the Midwest, Cincinnati and Dayton both have competing fireworks, municipal fireworks displays, and they both try to outdo each other every year. So you know who the winner is, don't you? Well, it's got to be guy that the guy that watches that show oh but you're right yeah cincinnati <laughs> has i think their their secret weapon is the ohio river as you know they actually tow a barge out there that's full of fireworks so it's it's like a it, it's like an arms escalation you know what i mean yeah so interesting <laughs> that is uh, awesome we'll have fun this fourth of july uh, eat a lot of hot dogs and burgers on the grill be safe around the fireworks uh, enjoy your time with your friends and your family and your loved ones happy fourth of july everybody from all of us here at the adam rich show the Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out of Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.